the country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our kids. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories, two great stories that get It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Mike Denny, president of MDM Recordings. He joined us uh, sometime in the last year, and we had a great conversation all about the success of MDM and his artists who are doing so well. In fact, between MDM, the company, and the artists, they have 16 nominations going into this year's Canadian Country Music Association Awards, the CCMA Awards coming up in September in Halifax. We'll talk to him about that. Plus, we've got a brand new song to debut from one of his artists, David James, on the show, and a current favorite from The Love Locks, which uh, the video is being played on CMT. A great song. I pleasure now to welcome him to the show, Mike Denny. Hey, Mike. Hi, Dave. How are you? I am doing great. It's so great to have you back on. We had a, such a great talk last time, and, and uh, you, whatever time's gone by, I've lost track, but so much more has happened. Yeah, I think it was right around this time last year when we uh, when we sat down and had the chat and the show, and I'm glad I didn't screw it up too bad, and you were more than welcome to have me come back. Pleasure <laughs> <laughs> yep. to be here. Exactly. I have nothing in my notes here saying to, to otherwise that uh, I shouldn't have had you back. <laughs> and uh, it's been such a great year, and let's start off, first of all, with those 16 nominations, among them Jess Moskaluk. Female Artist of the Year, Album of the Year, Single of the Year for Cheap Wine and Cigarettes, which was all over the radio and is such a great, catchy song. Uh, Record Company of the Year for MDM, of course, and Record Company Person of the Year. The award you won last year at the CCMAs, nominated this year, uh, and those are just a few that uh, of the 16, but how does it feel to have all these nominations? Um, it's, it's amazing to be recognized by your peers and, and industry folks for the successes that you've had over the course of the last 12 months. Um, that being said, I, I don't bet the farm on awards being the justifying factor for success uh, in our industry with our artists or, or, or with any of the industry awards. It's nice to be recognized, but um, mm -hmm. throughout our, our gang, I'm trying to instill in them that hard work, passion, honesty, and, and developing their fan base with great songs, is, that's success. Uh, and if you're fortunate enough to be nominated and fortunate enough to, to win an award, that's, that's icing on the cake. So I'm, I'm thrilled with where we've come from, uh, thrilled with the nominations that we have, and uh, good luck to all the nominees when we get out to Halifax in a couple of weeks. That is so cool. That is coming up very quickly. And uh, just incredible, the most nominations MDM has had going into uh, this year's award, 16 in total. And, and you talked there about the hard work and all that leading up to it and, and these awards being the icing on the cake. I think that promotes in an artist, when they look at it that way, when you sort of lead them that way, that it's about the hard work and the dedication, not just the, the moments where, you know, where the spotlight's on or the glory, so to speak, but all the work that we as fans don't necessarily see leading up to being on the stage and the nominations. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is with any of the artists that we have signed in our company from an artist development point of view, from the time we sign them to the usually the time they start seeing some success is anywhere from four and a half to five to six years. Um, that's the case with Ch Chad Brownlee. We're six years in, and he finally headlined his first cross-Canada tour this year. We're four and a half years in with uh, Jess Moskaluk uh, and the success that appears to be overnight with her, but we released six or seven other singles to Canadian country radio before Cheap Wine and Cigarettes really stuck and took off for us and kind of changed her life. And It's mm -hmm. a plan that we have based on, on taking the limited amounts of dollars that we have, putting out great songs to radio and building those relationships at radio first with the music directors and the program directors. Um, which allows us to get on the air, start building a grassroots fan base, and start getting the music out to find those fans that are out there. And, and it's a different approach than what other labels do. Um, but for us, it works. But it, it is a three- to six-year commitment on the artist side to, to get to where yeah. Chad, Jess, Bobby is going to be, uh, uh, David, and the Lovelocks as well, too. 
That uh, that's amazing to hear that. Uh, just how long that is to become, as they say, an overnight success. All those all those years, which uh, which is really important to hear for somebody out there who might think it's not happening fast enough for them. Uh, that's sort of, I guess, inspiring to know you just got to hang in there. Even when it's going what appears to be four thousand miles an hour for somebody like a Jess Moskaluka or Chad Brownlee right now, it's never fast enough, um, and it right. never will. Be. Because as soon as you get a, a little bit of success, you want more success and more success and more success, and it, you're, you're mm-hmm. constantly chasing it. And you constantly, as an artist and as an artist manager in a record company, we constantly have to reinvent ourselves to keep the interest from the fan levels in our artists and in our artists' songs and our artists' careers. So uh, you can't rest once you get on a certain level because it's, you just you, going backwards isn't an option. You have to continue to move forward. You have to... F- figure out a way to find or write better songs than, than what you thought you ever could write um, to keep things fresh and to keep things moving and to keep your value out there in the market. Because right now it is... So you really got to stay hungry, don't you, Mike? The artists, just as you said there, they got to stay hungry, not uh, rest on their laurels and say, I've arrived. You, you, you're always heading somewhere else. More so than ever right now. And the reason that I say that is the level of quality of Canadian country music coming out right now is the best that it has ever been, as is the quality, quantity of Canadian country music that is being released right now. And if you're not putting out, good songs aren't good enough. It's got to be an amazing song that rises above the rest of your competition out there, whether that's Canadian artists or the international artists, because whether you like it or not, when you release a song to radio, you are going against every single international artist out there because there's so many so only so many slots available so you have to stay hungry you can't rest or or it'll drive this it'll drive faster than what it took to get to where you are right right let's uh mike discuss the process just focusing in on this of breaking a song to radio because a lot of people wonder you know how does a song from a Canadian artist, get to a country station? How does it start to get played? Uh, you know, if we look at something like Cheap Wine and Cigarettes, we now know it's a huge hit and it's been nominated uh, for a CCMA and it's had a lot of success. But when the song was recorded and before it hit radio, what, what, how does that end up getting to radio and, as far, and then getting played? Well, for, for us, on, on the Light Up the Night album, um, the first song that was done and was finished and mastered, and the decision was already made, I was not involved in the decision-making process on the lead-off single, which was a track called Good, Good Lovin', uh, which we put mm-hmm. out to Canadian Country Radio, and it actually cracked top 20 for Jess. Uh, I think it peaked somewhere around number 17 on the BDS charts, which was a great setup. That gave us the rest of the time that we needed to get the rest of the album done and finished, and when the final master came in, Cheap Wine and Cigarettes just stood heads and tails above the other songs that were on the on the, on the the record. Um, how did it get to radio? Um, I have kind of gone on a personal mission myself in terms of taking our key songs by our key artists uh, out and doing my own radio tours across Canada, where I mm. won't necessarily go with an artist. I will just go by myself. I'll fly across the country, rent cars, stop in and see all of the music directors and program directors at the major stations across Canada, and I'll sit there and I'll play them the song, and I will fill them in on our launch strategies, what's happening with the artists from a touring point of view, will they be coming through the area for possible interviews and other promotional opportunities, and trying to show the music directors and program directors that this artist is a priority for MDM recordings and trying to make it a priority for them. Uh, when they're looking to add songs. And, and it's, it's done a lot for us in terms of increasing our radio market share from where we were at the end of 2013. Our radio market share in Canada was 0.95% or less than 1%. That first radio tour that I did, which was taking out uh, cheap wine and cigarettes for, uh, for uh, Jess, Crazy mm-hmm. Enough, for Bobby Wills, and I can't remember, I think it might have been Fallen Over You for Chad Brownlee, took our radio market share from where it was uh, at the end of 2013 to September of 2014 to 5.65%. Now, wow. I didn't do all that. <laughs> Obviously, great songs there and songs that resonated, but it became part of our strategy. And, and radio, I hope now when they see MDM recordings logo on new releases that they understand that it, it is going to be a quality project uh, with financial commitment behind it, uh, a marketing plan and a marketing strategy to give the radio stations as much access to the artist as we possibly can, 
um, in terms, uh, and then in, in, in hopes that we get support for the artists in terms of radio play on the back end. It's an incredible approach, Mike, the way you, you think it all out in the process you have in place. And I know that, you know, talking to the radio stations about how much you, you know, have invested uh, as far as belief in that artist and, and their future, their career. Because I know when I was at the uh, CMAO uh, seminar, they talked about the radio stations don't just want a single dropped off, don't know who the artist is, not sure if there's going to have, have any more from them. They want to play an artist that they're going to have a follow-up song from and possibly build a career. Yeah, I think for any of the independent artists that are out there that are just thinking that they can drop a single and quit their day job and it's all going to be roses, that's not the right strategy. You you have to look at it and have at least an 18 to 24 month plan and strategy in place for yourself that is consistent with what other artists are doing out there to to gain and and, and control and get airplay. Um, mm-hmm. I, if I heard this once, I heard it a million times when I've been out on the road. And I I now go out every six months. Uh, on my own across Canada to keep those relationships up with radio and make sure that they know what's coming down the pipeline from us. But the one thing that I hear consistently everywhere I go is that if we are in a music meeting and we are down to making a decision on one spot and we have two songs, if I have a relationship with um, artist XYZ and understand what their team is, I will probably go with that song over the other song, even if the other song might be better because they know that the team is there to work it, to support the artist, and they know they'll get mm-hmm. support on the back end as well, too. And that's part right. of the games of, of radio and part of the games of the music business. Now, you mentioned earlier that all the success, uh, I guess, is an ode to you as far as because it's the artists, obviously, and the songs, but you have that ear for talent, so you're picking these artists to be on your roster, so that obviously says a lot about you because you've got great talent. The songs you mentioned earlier from Chad and Bobby Wills and Jess, of course, have gone to the top of the charts, and let's, the Love Locks are having great success as well. Uh, so let's talk about, Mike, how you find these artists or in some cases, maybe they reach out to you. What are you looking for in an artist to to bring onto your roster? Um, wow, well, there's so many different angles to that question. So, I, I listen first and foremost uh, when a package comes in as a fan, not as a music executive, not as an A and R person. Um, to be totally honest with you, I don't play a note. I can't sing. I can't <laughs> talk the production language of writing a song. I just great. know when I hear a great song that resonates with me in my heart that I I really like that song. And and mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I've done it right from day one with MDM Recordings is um, if it hits me as a fan, then that will open up the doors to start having the conversations of, is this a fit for MDM Recordings? Um, as far as the A&R function goes of the company, uh, it's kind of split. There's myself, uh, obviously, on, on one side, um, but my business partner is Mitch Merritt uh, out in uh, Vancouver, Langley, B.C., and, and Mitch and I uh, co-manage Chad. Uh, we co-manage uh, Jess with uh, Carmen Choney, um, and Mitch is my business partner in MDM Recording. So he was the one who brought Chad in um, after Chad had retired from playing hockey, and we had some mm-hmm. demos, some Jack Johnson-type demos that were sent to us with Chad, and um, Mitch had sent them to me and, and asked me what I thought, and we just kind of went from there and developed it. Chad, I, or uh, Jess, I found on Facebook uh, years ago with two videos that she had posted that had half a million views each, and, and uh, I was blown oh, wow. away by her voice. And I sent the videos out to other industry folks asking who who's mm-hmm. had her signed and uh, who knew anything about her, and everybody came back. They didn't know anything about her. So I managed to get uh, an email address for Jess, and uh, I creeped her. <laughs> I, just, I sent her an unsolicited email, and uh, right. within 2020, 20, I made sure the MDM's uh, signature plate was on, on the end of the email, sure. and within 20, 24 hours, she replied back, and, and she was more excited that it was Chad Brownlee's record company and how much she, she loved Chad Brownlee <laughs> right. than, than what That's it was funny. about my interest in her own career. So that's how that you know, and then from there uh, we started working with Jess four and a half years ago, and that was a whole conversion that we had to do with her because she was a YouTube artist, and breaking her into a recording artist was one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do, um, and there was a lot of pushback in the early days from Jess because she had built her career strictly on the YouTube side of things and had done pretty much everything herself, and when we signed her into a record deal, obviously there's numerous people that are involved. 
uh, from media people to radio trackers to online social people to support her uh, administrative assistants, uh, photographers, online social <laughs> networking, and, and it kind of overwhelmed her a bit um, to the point of it, we got pushed back instead of, of her buying in. But we did manage to get through that, and um, she now loves the team that she has behind her. Uh, she is delegating more and more of the stuff that she just doesn't have time to do anymore to the team, and she knows that the team has her back and is always looking out for her best interests. So it's worked out really well from that point of view. Bobby Wills, we signed him um, in December of 2013. We want, I, I wanted to sign him at the same time that we were signing Chad Brownlee, um, but Mitch talked me out of it saying, let's let's concentrate on one artist first, uh, break mm. that artist, and then we can look mm-hmm. at bringing in others. And uh, it just kind of came back around that, that Bobby was, was looking for a new home and the timing was good for us. And we worked through the Christmas holidays in December of 2013 because I knew the only window that I had to get that lead-off single out, which was crazy enough, was the end of January right. uh, 2014. Okay. And luckily that, that worked for us and has and increased Bobby's profile out there immensely along with the tour with Jess and, and Chad that he was on. So that's how that one came into us. The Love Locks, I've known Allie for nine or ten years as a side musician. I think she's one of the most talented, beautiful side people that are out there and I was always harassing her and saying, mm-hmm. if you ever want to do your own thing, I hope that you're the I'm the first phone call that you make because I think I can help you. And finally I got a phone call from her <clears throat> asking if I would come over to her place for dinner with her husband because she wanted to talk to me about this partnership with Zoe uh, that they called the mm-hmm. Love Locks. Uh, yep. We were in right from the ground floor on that. And David James, who's kind of the last most current signing that we have, sent me uh, a board mix of what we weren't looking for in an unsolicited email. And the first time I heard the song, we had just gotten home from doing an Ontario run with Bobby Wills on a radio tour. We were actually sitting in my living room, and I was catching up on emails, and I had this email come in on my iPad, and I listened to every song that's solicited to us, and uh, I hit play, and, and as soon as I heard the first 10 seconds of the song, I paused it, I plugged it into the stereo system and turned it back on, and Bobby and I's head came up at the same time when we got to the chorus, and it was like, this is a hit song. And, and wow. I signed him, I took a chance on him, I signed him to a license deal, and when we did it, I was like, what else do you have? And he said, I don't have anything else recorded. And I'm like, you know what? My gut says I'm going to take a chance on this, and thankfully it's worked out. And we're going to play the second single, which will be going to radio uh, September 18th, uh, a track called Some Hearts, which took a lot of pressure off me because I knew that we had a follow-up single. (laughs) (laughs) What we weren't looking for, because when I signed him, we didn't have anything. So it's worked out really well for us. So I can't wait to share that song. From, yeah. Well, that's great, Mike. I'm glad you explained that. It gives us really insight into how each of those artists uh, found their way to you. You found your way to them and, and, and a bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. It's incredible. You mentioned Jess. She won, uh, talk about success, the CCMA Female Artist of the Year last year. So she's the reigning female artist at CCMA. She's nominated again this year. Album of the Year as well for her. Single of the Year. My goodness, there's so much to talk about, and uh, you're talking about Bobby Wills. I love his new song so much for taking it slow. It's it's just another great song from him. Yeah, Bobby prides himself on his songwriting, and he's got a real uh, click going with Mike Pyle and Walt Aldridge, who uh, are his producer and other songwriters, and they just write mm. fantastic songs together, and Bobby yeah. just continues to grow. I mean, he's he's considered the rising star, in our camp, but he's one of the older members of our camp. Right. So it's kind of ironic from that point of view, but yeah. the style of songs that he writes, his, his music is timeless, and he can continue mm-hmm. to write the same vein that he's doing and still increase and grow his fan base, and that's exactly what our plan is with him. Oh, so he's amazing. He's, uh, I, lo- I love his songs. I love uh, the one he did with Patricia Conroy that they wrote together, and she did harmonies on uh, Undressed. Beautiful Undressed. song. Yeah, amazing song, amazing song. Yeah. If you're uh, coming out to the CCMAs this year, you might get a little surprise. I'll tell you that. That's Ooh, awesome. and I am. I can't wait. <laughs> um, Bobby's. Uh, what was the hint there? Uh, just come out to the CCMAs, and there may okay. be a little surprise there. That's. I can't give you any cool. more than that. I'll get in trouble. Um, okay. Bobby's <laughs> album is done and recorded. Uh, the lead-off single will drop uh, October the 2nd. Um, and uh, we start the ball rolling with him again. I think the album will be out sometime in the first six months of 2016. 
Very cool, Mike. Well, let's turn to some music on the show here. we got a couple of songs coming up, including the new one from David James that isn't even released yet. So it will be on September 18th. We're going to get a sneak listen to it. But uh, Born to Love from the Love Locks, the video is great, and it's at CMT. It's a really cool sound for them. It's still their uh, you know, usual sound, but it's got a little more, uh, little more something to it, a little different. What can you tell me about the song before we share it? One of the things that we tried to do with the girls was take that kind of Dixie Chicks quirk that they have uh, and kind of bring them around a little bit more to a song that might get considered more for terrestrial radio airplay. Mm -hmm. And the song is out at radio right now. We're fortunate as part of their uh, new artist discovery win to get the video shot for Born to Love. And that's out there. And the girls just finished the Alberta portion of their radio tour last week, getting themselves introduced to all the music directors and program directors. And I'm actually heading out with them next week uh, to do the uh, portion of the Ontario run. And, and it's slow and steady artist development for them. The reaction from radio has been great. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the pile and the quality of songs trying to get on the radio right now is the most intense I've ever seen it. And as a developing mm. artist, it's taking a little bit longer to break through that pile. But we are committed to the girls and committed to this song. And, and Dale Peters, our radio tracker, uh, is working with music directors and program directors to make sure that we find those holes that are out there and get the girls as much airplay as we possibly can. Let's hear that great song now from the Lovelocks, Allie and Zoe. It's Born to Love, Hot in the Country. Lovelocks, Born to Love, here on In the Country, Allie and Zoe. And uh, they, of course, are part of the MDM roster. And I'm speaking with the president of MDM Recordings, Mike Denny. And, man, I, I love those girls as well. I mean, they're both so uh, funny and nice and energetic, just great people. Along with their music, is just I love their uh, root sound. Yeah, it, it's, it's unique. Um, two of the hardest working girls on the back end of their business that I, I think I've ever met. Uh, extremely smart. They know their brand. They know where they fit in the whole game. Exceptionally talented and just a joy to work with. Um, I, I, I love supporting them. 
and and it's the old adage of you get more bees with honey, and I'll go the extra mile for those girls every every time I I, I can, uh, only because I know they deserve it, and I know that they're working as hard as they can on their careers, which is really what you ask for uh, as a record company and as an artist manager is uh, I can't want it more than you do, um, and that's something that we instill into all of our artists is. Uh, the day I'm working harder than you are on your on your career is the day that it's not going to happen. And they certainly have the work ethic, the chops, and the talent to go with it. Yeah. So it's going to happen mm-hmm. for them. It will. And I'm sure that might come as a surprise to some artists, you know, who are out there maybe don't understand that or never had somebody mention that to them. They may not have got to a place like MDM, so they didn't realize the work involved. But just you saying that anyone listening, you know, will come to realize it. nothing's overnight. Nothing's just kind of you get up there and it's all flash it's it's a lot of work to get to where you want to be in the music business yeah and it's changed so much too um i mean years ago you you could be you were hidden away from your fan base and there was a huge wall that was put up between mm-hmm. you and your fans and you could drop an album and then go away for two years and not think about music and not tour and then come back and blow it all up and again it's not like that anymore in the music business once you make the commitment to start releasing singles to radio um, you can't stop. Um, you, you might be able to take right. a small break, a four- to five-month break, but that's it. Any more than that, you are going to lose total momentum, and you'll be just scrapping to get your way back up the food chart, so it, food chain. So it, it is really yeah. important that young developing artists that understand that just because they have two songs ready to go, and I see this all the time with independent artists where they're not ready to go, but they go anyway because they're so anxious to get their music out there that they haven't done sure. enough prep on the back end to understand that they probably should have had four or five singles in their back pocket ready to go because, again, radio wants to see a commitment and a plan, and if you don't have that second single or that third single, they're probably not going to buy into it. So uh, That's kind of you know words of advice for any of the independent artists that are out there trying to get this thing off the ground is make sure you truly are ready to go when you decide to go. Just don't go for the sake of going. Um, you, you'll never get the traction you need, and you'll waste a lot of money as well, too. Right. For a new artist out there, Mike, who is hearing this, they're learning this from you, but if they're not with MDM at this point, what is what are the tools out there uh, that they can use and the knowledge they can get for the st- kind of stuff you're saying? Is it like the CMAO? How can they get instructed into what to do with their career next? Yeah, I, I think that's always a great starting point is the regional country music associations uh, that are out there, register, uh, go to some of the networking events. Um, I, I get a lot of my information just from reading what other people are doing uh, themselves in their own career, and a lot of the stuff will resonate with me and go, wow, that's pretty cool, or it will resonate the other way. It's like, why did they do that? Um, and right. that's kind of how I balance myself out. Um, we're fortunate enough in our world and, and we're developed enough as, as MDM recordings now where people will come to us with new ideas and initiatives that they want us to buy into and try into, which is an advantage that we have over the smaller independents that are just starting out. But um, I, I've said this in a million different seminars and panels that I've been on over the years. The number one tool that you can, that you can do in, in, in the music business is just the power of networking and meeting and being cordial to as many people as you possibly can be. Um, because if you start to get any level of success, the same people you pass on the way up are the same people you're going to pass on the way down if you're not fortunate mm-hmm. enough to be able to continue to, to grow your career. And if you've got great relationships and you're a hard worker, you will get some breaks on the other side uh, that you normally wouldn't get if you're not treating people with respect and, and people understanding where you're coming from as an artist. So that's my number one rule with all of our, our guys in our in our roster is just meet as many people as you can, be cordial, be honest, uh, and be personable. Uh, be yourself. Don't try to be something mm-hmm. you're not. Uh, a cool thing has happened organically with the song. Uh, I love the song, and, and millions of people have. It's a huge number one on when Ed Sheeran released Thinking Out Loud, a huge hit for him. Now I'm hearing over the last few months, Chad Brownlee in concert. I know he's performing it there, and there's a version of it that I heard on the radio. Tell me about this great story of Chad Brownlee and Thinking Out Loud, because his voice is just perfect for that song. Yeah, this was just one of those things that happens in music every once in a while where a song resonates with an artist and timing and all the rest of that stuff. So 
Uh, Chad, as everybody knows, went out on uh, When the Lights Go Down tour with uh, Jess Mosk-Luke and, and Bobby Wills in March and April of uh, uh, this year. And we did 26 shows in, in 30 nights from uh, Summerside PEI to Nanaimo, B.C. And every night in the show, uh, Chad would completely strip it down to an acoustic thing, which is where he started with just him and his guitar. And one of the mm-hmm. songs that he chose to cover was this Ed Sheeran song, Thinking Out Loud. And yeah. From the first night that he played it in Summerside to the last night in, in Nanaimo, the, the fan base was just going crazy asking us to record it and get it out there and all the rest of that stuff. So when we finished the tour, Chad actually did a Twitter thank you party uh, for the Chad Brownlee fan club. And during the course of that Twitter chat, exclusive to those fan members, we sent out the video that we recorded of Chad in the studio singing it with an MP3 version of the song. Um, it was never meant to be a single. It was just meant to go to the fan base as a thank you for the tour and, and <laughs> right. hope you enjoyed the show. What happened yep. was the fans started posting it and and tweeting it and Facebooking it all over the place, and it started to get into the hands of music directors and program directors uh, across the country. And that's when the emails and the phone calls started happening with, you know, what are you guys doing with this song? Because we mm-hmm. never intended it to be a single, and at that point we still had When the Lights Go Down uh, out at radio and still doing very well for us. And, and I guess about three, three and a half weeks of bombardment from radio stations asking if we were going to officially <laughs> release it as a single. Uh, we right. did finally upload it to DMDS, and, and we sent it out, but we didn't send it out um, and work it like a traditional single. We were like, this is the song that the kids are requesting, uh, for the tour, there, there seems to be a growing fan base for Chad's cover. I've heard it a million times about people loving his voice on this song, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's out there. The song is doing exceptionally well for us, uh, and it's kind of bought us some time while we get ready for Chad's new EP, which uh, he recorded four new songs last week in Nashville on, and the uh, the lead-off single from from Chad will come uh, November the 1st. Uh, 2015, oh, and that'll get us ready for a new EP that'll come out in the first quarter of 2016 as well, too. So, kind of an interesting Very journey cool. on that song. You you can plan yeah. and market and strategize all you want, <laughs> and sometimes it never works, and then something like this just kind of, I'm going to say, falls in your lap and <laughs> creates a success story that we, we <laughs> didn't envision when, when we came up with the idea to cover the song and or put it out the way that we yeah. did. That's so, so cool when that, when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get a break like that every once in a while because this business, you certainly get your more than your fair share of knockdowns um, with things mm-hmm. that you want to do. And so when something happens like this, it's it's pretty cool. And we're we're really fortunate in that our distribution partner is Universal Music Canada, and uh, they were putting out the now ten compila country compilation package. And uh, I got the email uh, a week before the package was coming out saying we want Chad Brownlee thinking out loud the four minute and thirty five second version on there along with David oh, wow. James uh, what we weren't looking for along with yep. Night We Won't Forget from Jess Moskaluk so on an eighteen track compilation package that they go to television and radio advertising on I've got three of the eighteen songs which is an amazing exposure for our artists and our roster and mm-hmm. um, I, I love our working relationship with the Universal Music Canada they they treat us quite well and have helped us out a lot with the growth and the development of our artists and our roster. Now, Mike, a lot of your artists, of course, are songwriters themselves and write a lot of their hits, co-write them. But do they have a great relationship now with uh, songwriters in Canada and in Nashville to the point where songwriters are sending them demos because they want to have a Bobby Wills cut, a Jess Moskaluk cut? Yeah, it's really funny. Um, we don't necessarily write with as many Canadian writers as what I would like to. Um, the reason being it's really difficult, and this is going to sound like we're playing second fiddle to the Americans, but it's really difficult to get Canadian-written country songs on the radio. Uh, radio mm. is always looking for that Nashville twinge, that Nashville thing. So we send our artist rosters down to Nashville quite a bit, and when we are doing co-writes, it is usually with very good Nashville writers. Uh, and because of the success that we've had with Chad and with Jess and with Bobby, uh, we are all getting solicited on a regular basis with new songs that uh, people are looking to place and, and looking to get support on. It's it's really changed in the last little while. A few years ago, nobody gave a care about Canadian country music and, and getting cuts on the radio up here, but because of the shrinking publishing market and, and writers being signed in Nashville, 
uh, plus what's going on up here with the the success we're having with our Canadian artists, a lot of those smarter national writers are starting to see us as a nice little income bracket for them if they can find the right song and the right artist. So um, we we tend to concentrate a lot on the Nashville co-writes. Our philosophy within our camp, from from every artist from Jess through to Chad, Bobby. David and Lovelocks, uh, Lovelocks is best song wins, and if you happen to have the ah, best song right. and you co- co-wrote it, hey, that's yep. amazing, but if the best song comes in and it's a fit and you don't have the co-write on it or any write on it, that's okay. We can still use this to develop your your career and your talents and move forward. As far as uh, the music that's out there now on Country Radio, Mike, and trends, we've seen it, of course, over the years. It can swing from more traditional stuff to more pop and a mixture of stuff at times. Uh, do, do you have any predictions or your thoughts right now, not necessarily critiquing it, but where you might see uh, the sound of country going? Um, that's a really good question. Um, we, 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 as label and as artist managers and as artists struggle with trying not to chase the flavor of the week that's out there. Um, And one of the things that we try to instill in our artists when we're going into writing sessions is don't listen to what's currently getting played. Write the best material that you possibly can. And we do not, as a label and as an artist management company, chase what is currently going on. The songs that we're releasing to radio, we feel, are the best songs that our artists can possibly put out at that certain time. Where is it going? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'd love to see us swing back a little bit more to the traditional sounding country stuff, but I don't feel that that's reality. Um, when you have icons in the music industry like a Taylor Swift, who obviously has moved over to the pop world and brought a whole generation of people into country music who never would have mm-hmm. listened to country previously uh, Blake Shelton on The Voice um, Keith Urban on American Idol that's mainstream Uh, and where we are right now is we are country music is in the mainstream and there's more chances being taken than ever before on collaborations and things that you you would never see Mm -hmm. as even being remotely successful years ago uh, which are now Mm -hmm. really hip and cool and all the rest of that stuff so I, I love I love where country music is right now. I'm not, personally, I'm not big on the bro country stuff. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, right. None of the artists that we have signed on our roster are into the bro country stuff. But I get the appeal to the kids out there who, who really like it and, and are, are, are gravitated towards that stuff. And Somewhere in the middle there is a happy ground for everyone, I, I hope. And I just hope as a genre we continue to grow and continue to bring in more and more fans to our genre because it is a great genre and uh, a great style mm-hmm. of music. Absolutely. And I've always found on the charts, there's usually, you know, over the years of mixture, you've got Kenny Rogers, I mean, going back, Kenny Rogers, who some of the stuff was pop, and then you might have had George Jones. And so there's always kind of a, you know, a bit of country, a bit of pop. And a good, I like a good mixture myself, just hear, hearing a bit of all of it on the radio, even though I do love uh, the traditional sounds. Uh, let's turn. We have a debut song I mentioned earlier from David James, who is coming off of huge success of what we weren't looking for on radio and the video at CMT. This has got him to be a, a big name in country music. The new song, Some Hearts, which will be released on September 18th, is the song I'm going to play. Tell me a bit about to the song and maybe anything else about David. David um, is actually, uh, he's, he's for, for an artist, one of the smarter artists I think I've ever met from a business savvy <laughs> point of view. He, he, does, he does have a degree in business uh, and graduated from university, and he is very uh, um, formula in terms of how he carries himself in, in business situations, which as a businessman myself is kind of refreshing to see. So um, David resides in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Right now, he has cut the first single, and Some Hearts was produced by um, Carly McKillop and Darren Savard, who are a married couple, Carly uh, being one more girl, and Darren being the mm-hmm. uh, amazing guitar player for Dallas Smith. This was the first time that they had taken on a production project, and I think that they've done an amazing job in the first two songs that they've produced for David. Uh, Darren ran into David playing uh, in a club in Winnipeg doing some cover songs and stuff and introduced him at the end of the night, and that's where that relationship grew. So we're uh, now working with David. Um, we we sat on what we weren't looking for for close to eight or nine months before we actually put it out. 
Uh, we were trying to build the back end for David and just make sure that when we were ready to go, that, that we were truly ready to go. And the song, mm-hmm. uh, we put it out February 14th, and we were still we're still getting you know 100, 200 spins a week on that song right now, uh, wow. because of the qual again because there's so much quality out there and quantity at Canadian country radio that it took a long time for to get as many stations in on the song as what we were what we knew we could possibly get. So uh, it's been February 14th to September 18th between between singles for David, <laughs> but it was all done yep. for the right reason, and we're leading up to an EP release for him sometime in the first six months of uh, 2016. Tell me about the song Some Hearts, Mike, before we play it, his, uh, his upcoming single. What, uh, what can you tell me about the song? Um, it certainly is not bro country <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's the story of uh, true love and, and 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 a storm that comes through a, a particular town and devastates things and just people making their way through it. It's, I, I love the song. I, I was I've never been more relieved in my entire life after signing a licensing deal with an artist that only had one song to hear the second one come in when it did because it was like oh my god thank god. We've got a follow-up <laughs> single, and, and it takes the pressure off of the financial commitment that you make to an artist when you're, right. when you're releasing a song. So I, I really like the song, and, but it's different than anything else that's out there right now. But he's such a good singer, uh, and mm-hmm. we have previewed this song. We took it out. I did a radio tour with David in May. We went out, and we did uh, 27 radio stations, uh, 20 cities in nine days from coast to coast, and we played this song for all of the music directors and program directors and, and the response to the song has been amazing so I'm expecting this song to take David to the, to the next level in preparation for release of his EP Awesome, well let's spin that song now for our listeners, it's a sneak peek of the latest single from David James, this is called Some Hearts on In the Country tracks left by what used to be the depot by a train that never came back after all that rust and graffiti still there built to last some hearts some hearts are made like that just like that courthouse shining didn't always look like this still see those red flames rising that night back in 96 oh but they built it back better even fly a bigger flag some hearts some hearts are made like that they keep
brand new music from David James. It's called Some Hearts here on In the Country. That'll be released on September 18th. So we got a, a sneak a listen to that. An awesome sounding song, Mike. That, that one's going to do equally as well for him. Yeah, I call that song Sigh of Relief. Um, just because, <laughs> uh, again, uh, when, when you sign an artist to a license deal and you're front-end loading, front loading a lot of the dollars that go into <laughs> getting an artist career off the ground and you don't know if there's a second song there or not, I, I, it was a great day when that thing came in and, and I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. So, <laughs> David's a real talent and it, it's been fun from the artist development piece with him just getting him out there and getting him introduced to everything and, and all the new things that you have to do as a new artist out there that can be really intimidating in terms of you know, meeting uh, the music directors and radio station personnel and, and mm-hmm. being thrown into a boardroom and, and, and playing, you know, sitting in the car for three hours going from one radio station to the next and then sitting in, in the boardroom and, and having to be gracious to people who you yeah. don't know any of them. Uh, it's fun to watch that. It's, it's, it's agonizing for some of them, um, but right. they all realize the value of it uh, at the end of the day. On the performing side of things, so when they're on stage and doing their thing, I mean, most of them are natural talents or have developed their, their capabilities for that, but Mike, does MDM do anything on that end of things, uh, help them grow as a uh, performer? Yeah, we um, th- there is a, a guy by the name of Tom Jackson who, who does a lot of stage coaching and performance coaching. Um, there is a woman who works for Tom by the name of uh, Amy Walter out of Nashville, Tennessee, and she has worked with pretty much every artist on our roster in terms of helping them with the performance chops of what they do in a live show. Um, and she is amazing in terms of bringing in subtle little nuances that you would never think of that make a massive difference to Mm. the overall performance of the song and the performance of the artist and how the fan relates to that uh, that song. And she's been a godsend for us. It it is very expensive because you've got to either get her into Canada when it it lines up or uh, get uh, the artist down to see her when they're in Nashville on writing trips and all the rest of that stuff. But she has been crucial to the success of uh, our artists' increased performance abilities and all the rest of that stuff. And I think if anybody watched the CCMA show last year when Jess was on and did Cheap Wine and Cigarettes and uh, at one point threw the the stool down um, and then came forward, that that was all Amy that came in one performance thing. It was like, this is your moment. And, and, And that subtle little knocking of the stool down made a huge yep. difference of the impact uh not only on the live performance of the show but also on on tv as well too and and amy's come up with a couple of things that chad does now that are just it's different level stuff and and the value mm-hmm. of her to our team is is important you know that just hits home i mean that's great to hear and all the subtleties and the things in a performance that can uh, make it even better, but that hits home the point again of a team. You've got to have people on the performance side, on the songwriting side, the management. Although, you know, there's a lot of bases to cover, isn't there, Mike? Yeah, um, there's a lot of bases. Um, I, I was doing an interview, I think it was yesterday, and somebody had asked me, you know, like, how many people are involved? And, maybe, and, and I was like, well, when, when Chad Brownlee or Jess Moskaluk goes on stage now, there is anywhere from 25 to 35 people involved in the behind the scenes of what goes oh, on wow. with those artists. It's incredible oh. how fast it grows. And that is a combination of your record company personnel, your artist management company, your band, your touring crew, uh, your radio tracker, your media person, your online social media person, the person who does your grants, uh, any mm-hmm. other support staff, stylists. It is agents. Uh, it is endless when you get an artist to the level of where Chad and Jess are right now, uh, how many behind-the-scenes people there are. Um, and I have to pinch myself every once in a while when I, when I see them go out and play, knowing that there is that many people behind the scenes that are, are making a living from the success of, of my artists. Um, you know, I've, I'm sure right. I said oh, yeah. when I started. I still work in the basement of my home. That is my home office. Uh, everybody is in satellite offices within MDM recordings, and it's kind of mm-hmm. freaky to. to uh, I'll take Boots and Hearts for example. On the weekend, I had uh, Jess on the kickoff party on Thursday night, played to twelve or fourteen thousand people, from what I was told, 
they were screaming cheap wine and cigarettes so loud that she couldn't even hear to sing the song uh, <laughs> to finish the night. That That's incredible. Uh, the Love oh, Locks played, were the opening act on the Friday on the main stage to play in front of a couple of thousand people. Yeah, they're not playing in front of 41,000, but it didn't matter. This was a huge stepping stone for their career, and then Jason McCoy and High Valley invited them back to be part of the Sunday brunch, uh, gospel brunch, and they played in front of four or 5,000 people. And I've heard some people say that was the highlight of the weekend in terms of some of the performances that you've seen. And then Chad had the 5.30 slot on Saturday night <laughs> and probably played in front of thirty-five or 40,000 people. When I go back six years ago and met Chad for the first time, and we were sitting in my living room, and nobody knew who he was in the Canadian music industry to see right. 40,000 yeah. people screaming his song. That that's I got goosebumps. I still get goosebumps from that stuff um, because it's it's just so cool to be a part of that ride from zero to, to where he is and where Jess is and where we're going to take Bobby Wills, the Love Locks, and David James and any other artists that, that we eventually end up signing to the company. I want them all to succeed. It, it's amazing to hear all this success evident in what you're saying and in the music we're hearing. We can hear from you. You know, just got a great personality. You know, you think this out. You got a plan, a process, Mike, and uh, the, the success is a result. Uh, so great to hear it. I mean, we just got so many great details. And, and again, the 16 CCMA nominations going into the uh, 2015 awards in Halifax around mid-September and uh, when the show will air, the CCMA Awards. Uh, Record Company of the Year nomination, Record Company Person of the Year for you, Mike, and, of course, Jess has three nominations and other artists, and there's some other ones for MDM, and they're just amazing, 16 CCMA nominations. Mike, I want to thank you so much. Always great to have you on. It was about a year ago when you were on. Great to have you back and get caught up. I love watching the success. Uh, Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me back on, and and, uh, you have my, my word that... Anything you need from our artist roster or MDM recordings, we'll be more than happy to accommodate you. I appreciate that a lot, Mike. That's wonderful to hear. I love the artists that you have on the roster. I've seen several of them out performing, uh, the Love Locks, for example, and I love them. Uh, so we'll do this again, and all the best uh, this year at the CCMAs. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. appreciate it. My guest has been the president of MDM Recordings, and by the way, you'll find them uh, online at mdmrecordings.net. Mr. Mike Denny. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.